Place to a Ranger Review Podcast. We are coming to you live from the Ranger Room of Mammoth King Studios in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Dan. I'm Freddie. And today I want to start out with something a little different. I got an email from one of our listeners, and I wanted to uh, read it and address everything before we got started. Oh, that's PP first. Yeah, this is a new thing. <laughs> So, our listener, Thomas Meehan, writes, Hi, I'm a new listener. I'm enjoying the podcast and keep up the great work. Well, thank you. And thank you for feeding our egos about great work. It's really not. That's incredibly kind of you. We appreciate you. Incredibly kind. I can't wait for you to get to In Space, Time Force, Wild Force, Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder, SPD, Operation Overdrive, Jungle Fury, RPM, and Dino Charge slash Supercharge. That's everything. Yeah, I <laughs> no, but I like that. You cutting, you just, that's a big net. You're throwing out a lot of favorite seasons for us, too. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the good news is that I have finished plotting out through episode 200, yeah. which gets us completely through Mega Ranger and in space. Yeah. So you'll get some crying, some laughing, you'll get some Rangers baked into pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> Over the next uh, 90-something episodes uh, of those seasons, Freddie, which, which one are you most excited for currently? <sighs> In, mm, yeah, this, oh, that's tough. That's really tough. Because, like, Ninja Storm and SPD and, like, those uh, space... Like you said, he mentioned like a lot of favorites, a lot of favorites. They're like, there's not a bad one in the bunch there. Mm. Well, what do you think? Well, of the two that they mentioned, the weakest ones will probably be Operation Overdrive and Dino Supercharge. But Operation Overdrive had some of the coolest morph sequences in the that's like series. Okay, yeah, that that was an oversight on my my part. Yeah, Operation Overdrive, uh, but I think that'll still it'll make for some good. (laughs) <laughs> I think it'll make for some good content just because it's Operation Overdrive. Yes. And also I can make some PMC1 jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. I'm going to dredge up my fucking mixtape because I believe I've mentioned it before. That is my kryptonite. If you sell, a mixtape? You sell a mixtape, chances are I'm going to buy it. <laughs> so uh, that guy... <laughs> Samuel <laughs> Benta. Samuel Benta. Got my $15 and a banner. $15? It may have been $15. I don't know, man. I Whoa. came with more than just a CD. The most I'm, a, I'm willing to spend on a mixtape is five. This was a PMC mixtape, though. The PMC mixtape, though. This is a PMC mixtape, though, Dan. This was me spending. Yeah. For me, I'm excited. Also, I paid nothing for any signature there. Yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, um, I'm pretty excited for Dino Thunder because I don't remember it. Yeah. I remember Mesagog being cool. Mes- oh, he's a great villain. He's a great, he's Grimlord done right. 
Oh, that's cool. He is absolutely Grimlord done right. Grimlord's done right in our hearts because he will forever provide us with comedy. Yeah. But Mezagog is like, hey, you want to do this and not fuck around? That's Mezagog. Like, and I can't wait to watch RPM with you just because I know that you haven't really experienced it. I've, I've watched um, something like the first 20 episodes or so. Okay. Uh but it was a treat. Like you, like you lived up to everything you were, the way you hyped it up to me. Yeah. But th- I was gonna say that is one I'm looking forward to, just experiencing it with you and talking about it on a uh, weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, Thomas also can't wait for us to get to Go Kyger. I'm very excited for that because uh, it's gonna be coming with a new watch of. Every Sentai for the last fifteen years leading up to it, mm-hmm. and uh, you've never seen Gokaiger. I've shown you clips of it, yeah. But I'm excited for you to meet Captain Marvelous and for us to kind of gush all over it because those seasons are going to be very weird, considering that, uh, you know, like... you know, the Megaforce, Super Megaforce. Like we we get into the Super seasons. We have to encompass one Sentai over that. But for Megaforce to Super Megaforce, we have to encompass two different Sentai seasons. Yeah. So. It'll be, well, we we already did it, you know, with Power Rangers. Yeah, but those, but when we get there, the seasons are a lot shorter. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. Probably going to get a lot more Sentai episodes than uh, yeah. Power I'll, Rangers episodes. I'll say like the... Yeah, RPM will pr- will be the best experience, but the funnest I'll have is probably is probably reliving uh just Storm SPD like because those those are near and dear to my heart just because they brought me back into the fold. Thomas's first Power Ranger season was Operation Overdrive. He knows the fandom hates it, not that much since Megaforce. <laughs> but I have a soft spot and nostalgia for it. That's awesome. Like That's, we're we're two old men whose first series were MMPR. Yeah, and it's uh, very cool to have someone that came in late into the Disney era, which is probably for the two of us our favorite eras of Power Rangers. Yeah, it is incredible batting average. Yeah, uh, on the Disney era, the Disney era is when I first f- like found out about the dissidents. Dissidents, this, this, this. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. When I first found out about the kind of um, the negative connotation, some will say like a minority, I would say, but uh, had for the Disney era, it blew my mind because if you just go through like if you go through that era pragmatically, mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's incredible. Like Operation Overdrive was talking about. We'll is the weakest out of it. But once a ranger's in there. But once a ranger's in there. Yeah, once a ranger's in there. Even that, like, alone, like, that episode, yeah, like, even even its weakest has one of the strongest moments throughout Power Rangers history. Yeah. Which is saying something, man. But, yeah, if you go through it, it's, they kicked ass in the Disney era. For sure, for sure. And it's re- like you said, it's really cool to hear some someone's like first is via the late late uh, Disney era. Um, I think it was a time that was just way to put it. 
trying to think of a smart way to put it, but my brain won't do it. <laughs> so, uh, it was an era that was like very uncertain. You yeah. Know? It was a very uncertain era. You don't know what was going to happen. Uh, RPM, you know, another one of those series where it's back against the wall. So let's do the best we ever fucking can. You know, like well, they also had no eyes on them. They also had no eyes on them. So, you know, it's just, uh, we're excited to get to the Disney era. Yeah, I'm very... I'm excited to design new logos every <laughs> season, so... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Disney-fy power playthrough when it gets... Yeah, Disney... When we get there. Disney era is the strongest run we've ever had in Power Rangers. Like, it is the most consistent Power Rangers have ever been. His first Super Sentai season was Gokaiger and loved it. Also fully enjoyed Jetman. But those were the only Sentai he ever enjoyed mm. and tried getting into others. Couldn't. Watch Die Ranger. Yeah. Like, Kaku Ranger is very good. I like it a lot. But yeah. if you like Gokaiger and you like Jetman, you're probably going to like Shinkenger, Bokenger, um, Deca Ranger. All of, like, watch all of those, but watch Die Ranger straight up. I can't talk on anything else yet because I don't really have the knowledge to give it to you. But yeah. if Dire, you en- if you enjoyed yeah. Jetman and Gokaiger, go for that. Yeah, Bokenger is very good. It's my first one. Uh, will we be covering pre Zoo Ranger seasons like Go Ranger through Jetman and crossover movies in the future? Stuff's always coming. Yeah. Like I said, through right now, we are scheduled through Mega Ranger. That's about all I can give you. There's always the possibility that we can go back because we don't know the future of Sentai. We don't know the future of Power Rangers. The show could end. Yeah. We've still got a lot of content to cover leading up to these, but we can always go back. And we don't know what we're going to do when we get to the week-to-week time, like when we're sitting here covering one episode of Power Rangers Space Quest (laughs) and Q-Ranger at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know where we're going to be in the future. Space Quest. (laughs) But it could be that. Power Rangers Cosmic Force. Yeah, it could be Cosmic Force, Space Quest, uh, Terrestrial Battle. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. all of those things. So we will be covering them as movies become available to us. We will definitely cover the movies because there's an O-Ranger, Kaku Ranger crossover that I desperately want to do, but I need to get the files for it we, in order to do it. And we're also pretty partial to a, to a light workload, like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, just... Banging out a movie, like talking about a movie, is a lot easier than... Than a three-episode summary. Yeah, yeah. It's easier for my brain to format that. Yeah. Uh, He loves the crossover movies and episodes uh, much more than normal episodes. There's a lot of money behind all those. Yeah. And a lot of eyes looking at it. It's like Avengers Endgame. Like, so many people were looking at it keeping their brand strong. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do in these crossover movies, and they're very exciting. Uh, 
like one movie that I'm very excited about is the Gokaiger Space Sheriff Gavin crossover and the Gokaiger summer movie. Uh, fight choreography on par with O Ranger. Yeah. In that one. Ooh. So. Yeah. Stuff like that. Thank you so much for writing in, Thomas. We appreciate it. And if you want to have your letters read on air, just send them in to us. Yeah. We'll read them. They we'll respond to everything. As long as they're not problematic, we'll read them. I mean, I'm... I mean, I'm, we'll still read them if they're like... Don't send us your manifestos. I'm going to let you know that I'm going to curate these things. Yeah. If I feel like you're trying to get me to say something terrible as a white man, <laughs> I can't. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to get me canceled, <laughs> don't worry. I'll do it myself someday. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I like that. This was cool. This is neat, yeah. um, and we appreciate it so much. It's incredibly, like, I don't know. It, 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 it's one of those things I've talked about before where it makes the show so real for me that, like, we're actually doing stuff. We're actually, I mean, you yeah. know, as, as what our reach is, what it is, and that's when I'm fine with that. Hey, and Thomas, how'd you get my personal email? That's all I want to know. Maybe it was... Do you have it somewhere on the... Maybe the Facebook? No, the Facebook is uh, connected to the Power Playthrough email. Somewhere. If you'd like to email Follow us, the trail. <laughs> yeah. If you... It has to be off of, like... It has to be off of, like, Twitter. Your, your LinkedIn. Or, uh, <laughs> do have a LinkedIn. Yeah. But that's connected to my work emails. Maybe, like... You've said your full name on the show before. Maybe just... I have said my full name on the, the show before. But... Took a shot in the dark. Open this reaches the right McNerney. And yeah. it did. It did. It did. It's fine. It's 100% fine. Yeah. I just want to know how. You're, we're just saying you're impressive. Yeah. When I used to stream, <laughs> there was a 14-year-old kid that asked me if I was this person. And I was like, hey, man, I do the Dark Tiger thing on here. So I would prefer if you kept that information to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so... But this is really uh, thoughtful, and we appreciate it a whole bunch, a whole bunch. Yep. If you want a letter to us read on the show, you can get us at powerplaythrough at gmail.com. And uh, we'll read it. Yeah. And we'll respond to it. Make sure somewhere in there it says it's okay for us to read it. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, if you want to just send something, just say something and not have it acknowledged out there. That's perfectly fine. We appreciate it. If you want it read on the show, make sure you put okay to read somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll talk about Power Rangers for a little bit. Episode 12 of Power Rangers Zeo, Instrument of Destruction, which aired May 7th, 1996, written by Buzz Alden and Charlotte. This one was directed by Vicky Brownhaw. What? Charlotte? One name? So, if you're watching the show, it just says, written by Charlotte. You know what? That's a kid. Yeah? That's a kid. Look at it. It's like, no caps. Or it's, or it's a pet. This is Buzz Alden and his, uh, his King Charles Spaniel. Well, her full name is Charlotte Fullerton, uh... 
she is she started her career as an assistant at Fox Kids. <sighs> I missed the mark. I thought it was a dog. Uh, she was the voice director and post production and Foley artist on the short film Troops, which was a parody of Cops, set in the Star Wars universe. Mm. It's a it was the number one Star Wars fan film of all time by Time magazine. Okay. Uh, she ended up being a story editor for Ben 10 Omniverse. Uh, she ended up working for Man of Action a lot. Ended up doing uh, Ben 10 Alien Force, Generator Rex, all that. My Little Pony. Yeah. Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. Why is her name all lowercase? Yeah. Maybe that was just like her stage name at the time. And this was probably Charlotte. written when she was an assistant at Fox Kids. So it's Buzz. Buzz Alden, which is definitely a Buzz Aldrin stage name. Yeah. And Charlotte. Okay. So this episode is takes place in Angel Grove High School, and we see the most of Angel Grove that we've ever seen. And they definitely shot this in a completely different school. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's fine. Within the confines of the show, we finally get, like, a... Like a f- not a full layout, but like we flesh out the show, we flesh out the high school like we've never done before. Yes, because we see, uh, we pick it up where Adam is in class. Look, look after after hours. It looks like studying on his own. Yes, and there's music playing, and I want to make a point out that's just to you. They only have access to this one classroom because there is this anatomy dummy in there. Yeah. Uh, which he will... Morganman? Yes, which he will look out the window next to every time he looks out the window in this episode. Yeah. So, Adam's studying, and some cogs walk by the window, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And we hear classical piano, and these cogs are goofy. They're skipping. Cogs are super goofy. They're dancing. Adam run down, runs down the halls of the school. Yeah. So, it's like a... The situation is... It's like a... It's so like a square enclosure of buildings with a, of, or hallways. With an area that would be called the quad. Yeah, in the middle. quad, like there's a courtyard in the middle. Do you middle. ever know why it was called the quad? Because it's like, I don't know, maybe it is. four by four something. Do you ever think about how much high schools in Nevada are designed like prisons? They do look that way, for sure. Because... Like, they always had the open area where all the kids had to eat lunch at one time. Yeah. And, like, the deans and the security guards would stand up on the railing above where, like, the principal's office was, watching over everybody, making sure that nobody's getting into anything crazy. Yeah. And, like, you could either eat in the lunchroom or you could sit outside where the, like, prisoners would lift weights. Yeah. (laughs) And they got those real cool, like, the... It's like, I don't know what those are called, but it's like military-style gates, like, over, like, the open, um, what the fuck are those called? I am not functioning today on the brain level. Are you talking about just a gate? The doors? It's like a gate. Yeah, but it's a gate, like, it, but it's like, uh, it's like... It's like a militarized zone. Yeah. A mil- militarized to, zone. You had to walk of. through three layers of gates to get into my high school. Yeah, yeah. It's it, It'd be like that. I and mean, this is well before today's climate. But, but like, 
it would be like that. Like yeah. all like I went to El Dorado and it's just exactly what you're describing. And there was like layers of gates in this open area, but it was like it almost felt like it was I said it's like a it's a prison yard. Yeah, yeah. If you went to a Las Vegas high school. Yeah. Um but Adam is running down the hallway going from classroom to classroom because these uh, cogs keep kind of like going out of view. Well, like, they're just loot walking around. He's like, what are they fucking walking for? Yeah, he's following them, hopping the classroom and classroom to we, see what they're, what they're uh, after. Um, up, we up, find out it's Queen Machina's birthday, mm-hmm. and she loves music. So Sprocket's like, you should get Mom a gift. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get that musician that's down there. Send some cogs. Sprocket's like... Already did that, Daddy. Sent our finest. And they're dancing boys. <laughs> they are dancing boys. Uh, Adam gets to the room that the cogs get into. Yeah. And as he does that, there is a mysterious figure completely cloaked. Yeah, wearing a full-on hood. Yeah, like a f- like full-on... Phantom like, of the Opera style. Yeah, like your 1979... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons DM would wear, you know? yeah, like big motherfucker. But he he runs out of the other side of the classroom, and the cogs just kind of stare at him. And there's this really weird moment. It's kind of artistic because it's dead quiet. It's so, absolutely dead quiet except for a metronome that's ticking. And Adam's eyes goes to the metronome, and we follow Adam's eyes, real close up shot. And then he looks at the cogs, and the cogs disappear without saying a word. But there is, Adam at one point says, it's your move, Cogs. There are subtitles this entire time that are like, what are you guys doing here? Maybe we should destroy this Power Ranger. Well, it's your move, Cogs. And this is all in subtitles. But nothing is being said in the episode. It's really weird. Yeah. It So, obviously, they have subtitles for an alternate audio, or maybe it's like an original. Maybe what... So I, they probably just, um, to make subtitles, I imagine they are given, like, the the script, right? I, I feel like it probably runs through the Dragon program, because a lot of stuff is wrong. Like, when we hear music, like, ah, <laughs> well, well. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to my hell. Stuff like that. Yes. The, the, I think it runs through the Dragon program. And Dragon is a program that I know from Bryn's old job where she had to speak a second. If you're hard of hearing, someone listens to your phone calls because you pay for this service. You get this phone that brings up everything that's said to you. So what she had to do was listen to this phone call that was happening and speak like a quarter second behind somebody the exact same words that were being said into the phone call. And it transcribed what Bryn would say onto the person that's hard of hearing's phone. Mm. So that they could read the text of the phone call and speak back into okay. the phone. So I feel like the episode plays into a program and then everything comes back. Well, this makes me think like it's just like a transcript of an origi- of a of a script, like a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And this was before the final editing. That's what it feels like to me because this isn't the normal kind of like just mishearings. 
There was nothing being said. There was just nothing being said at all. And there was like three full lines. There's like three full lines being said that would be completely coherent with the scene. Yeah. But just weren't there. So it just really makes me think that this was an original, like, you know, this is the original dialogue before editing. Yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know how, ca- if you know how captions do, go ahead and tell me yeah. and Dan. <laughs> Get at us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam is talking with Tommy and Catherine, and Tommy gets lines in this episode. Tommy does get lines in this Tommy episode. Tommy hasn't had lines in 11 episodes, really. Tommy has some stuff to say in uh, in these episodes, but he's actually, now that, while he is present, he is still extremely reeled back. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really weird world for us. We're getting, we're going to get to the, the Eric Trueheart episode soon. Yeah. Which will bring Tommy back to the forefront. But Adam is telling him about the cogs and everything. And this counselor comes up whose name is... uh, Actually, I don't know her name because... Oh, Mrs. Rodriguez. Yeah? Rodriguez, yes. Okay, because I heard her say Leslie. So for the rest of the time, I thought that her name was Leslie. But I know she was just talking to Leslie. Ah, uh, she come up with a big shouldered power suit. Yeah, and she says, Adam, you've taken creative writing twice. Why are you taking it again? Goes, well, I've gotten an A both times. Goes, exactly. We need to broaden your horizons. You're going to be taking classical music. Yeah. I Yeah, she says that you're not being challenged and all that. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bit, I didn't like it. That's what a guidance counselor does. I don't. I don't like how she, she was about. It's like you, you. You need to be. More, she says that afterwards. Like you need to be a more well balanced student. I don't know. That doesn't seem like. That doesn't seem like it nurtures growth. It seems like it's still finding a way to reprimand you, even for excelling at something. Well, a guidance counselor's job is to get you into a college. If you take the same course three times. Like, well, well, there you go. The college system fucking sucks. Yeah. College is going to look at that and go, oh, this person doesn't want to get out of their comfort zone. That's okay. College is a scam. Uh, In America. Well, she finds Leslie. And I'm going to assume that she puts Leslie in this classical music class as well because it seems like everybody she talked to got put in this class, which means that nobody signed up for it and they need to pay this. They already decided they were going to pay this guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's his name? Like Leslie Ham? Mr. Ham. Classical Ham. He is. Classical. Yeah. Classical Ham. Yeah. This guy uh, has. He He has zero oratory skills. Yeah. He fucks up everything. Poe Buddy's nerfic kind of shit. You know what I mean? Um, So when Adam comes into this class with Classical Ham. Uh, he sits down at a piano, and there's a guy sitting at a drum set, and Skull comes up, and he funny shit. leans down into this guy's ear, and he goes, teacher said he doesn't trust you with the drums. He said for me to give you this, and he hands him a triangle. <laughs> and then Skull sits down at the drum set. And, and he totally like, like talks his way to the guy's like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know, man. Just get out of the way. He's <laughs> like, well, he said no, you can't. He doesn't trust you here, so just go. Just get out of here. You're like, I'll take home. Like, Go. He sits down at the drums, which is right next to Adam. Adam starts kind of plinking away at the keys. He plays a little chopsticks. Yeah. And Skull's like, huh? You know, like, That's pretty good. Yeah. Where'd you learn that? And he's like, I had lessons. 
Yeah. Yeah, you had lessons. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Adam Park, you had lessons. Yeah, you did. I had to go to the In Young Lee oh, we forgot piano to s- school. Yeah, we forgot to say Bulk and Skull. I mean, Skull, obviously, we just mentioned he's here, but Bulk and Skull were in the hallway, too, and they were poo-pooing on classical music. On anybody that plays music. On anybody that plays music, yes, completely. Even though they've done bands like three times. Yeah, but, you know, that's rock and roll, baby. <laughs> so... And Bulk and Skull are, like, what I mentioned to Dan as we were watching this, this felt like a season one episode, but done competently. Well, Bulk and Skull are in their old garb. Yeah, they're, like, I think someone's like, oh, yeah, they're still in school, aren't they? They're still, like, part of this. They're not... Just policemen. Yeah, so they, like, let's have them in school. Uh, But, yeah, they're in their old garb. It feels like a season one episode just done well. Yeah. So far. So... Adam's talking to Catherine and Tommy again about how he has to go to practice and how he can't go hang out. And then they see the cogs in the school again. They hear the piano. And they see nobody's in the school. So we get a school fight of cogs and CO Rangers. And with the pian- with the classical music going in place of, you know, our normal kind of rock and guitar stuff. Yeah. It's cool. And this is actually a very good fight. And when the Z... When the cogs stand up after they're beaten, like the actors like contorted their bodies to look broken and beaten. They dropped a bunch of gears. And one all had kinds of his cool stuff. one had his cog mask like completely off kilter, so it really gave this effect. Like, oh, that one's broken. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> and they go run in to go into the the keyboard room, and the masked man has left. Adam decides to try to play the keyboard, and one of the keys doesn't work, and he sees that. Thursday at four thirty, there is yeah he yeah th- <laughs> there is something going on at Symphony Hall because a little note was inside the piano. But he, he there, what is that part called? I don't know. He get yeah, but he gets into the guts of the piano, and yeah. there's a this note I'm going to talk about later because it's like one thing I'll nitpick. <laughs> um, Mondo is like, how did they not get me my fucking piano man? Yeah. I'm going to make a piano man to go down there. And he makes this piano monster that is so fucking disturbing because he's got a belly mouth and, and deer a, eyes. Yeah, like a retching kind of mind agonizing expression on his face because it, it's a little bit like artsy. Well, you know? he's, he's a clock. He's so, a melted cl- He looks yeah. like that painting with all the melted Yeah, clocks. yeah. Uh, 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 fuck. Yeah, but they're like surrealist artists, fucking shit. You know? Yeah. But like, so his his eyes are kind of like drooping a bit, but the cogs in them, like behind the clock, kind of act as visually act as like pupils. So they look like they're rolling up into his head out of pure like mind shattering agony. Yeah. He's horrific looking. I don't know why he didn't give this guy to Machina if if he could play stuff if, too. Yeah. Well, it's a human slave. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's a little spicy, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> we can make him watch us fuck <laughs> <laughs> instead of making Sprocket watch. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's me, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> Get her, Jan. <laughs> so, Adam 
transforms in front of the hooded person straight up yeah, as, and begins a battle. As, yeah, the Billy Joel monster and the, the cogs try to steal him. Yeah. So back at the power chamber, the rangers are given their direction and they transform and join the battle. Yeah. Uh, Mondo decides to make the monster big right off the bat. And... Well, there's a... Okay, I want to... Yes, yeah, so like it, it goes by pretty fast, but where Adam is fighting the Billy Joel monster and the Cogs, it's like on a some staggered like uh, staircase. And when they jump to the Japanese footage, it's not a one for one, but I appreciate that it's stairs. It's Green Ranger alone on the stairs fighting Cogs. Yeah. Hey, good job. So. They make him big. They use footage from the next episode to make him big. So I wonder what happened in O-Ranger. And then we get an incredible choreographed fight scene where everyone's getting this, like, one-on-one. Like, it's definitely, like, a handheld camera shot. You can tell the cameraman is running instead yeah, of on it, it gives Oh, it gives that kinetic feel that's so fucking good. This is where we were uh, talking about as we were watching it. This is where O-Ranger really puts its dick on the table. Yeah. Like you can say whatever you want about the characters not delivering so far. Um uh, like the all the places where it, it's it's uh, weakened the fights, the chore the choreography in the fights are second to none in No Ranger. Yeah. They're top fucking notch. And anytime Power Rangers gets to use that footage, whew, it's a good fucking time. Just seeing Cat running and fighting with the shield, you know, yeah. not using it as just a deflector kind of thing, you know. It's like, oh, I, we got to bust it out for our weapon combining sequence. We're just using it to bash the shit out of some cogs. Hell yeah. So when I had the toy, yeah. I always assumed that anything that had that soft rubber on it was a blade of some kind. Mm. So if you remember, the Zeo weapons were all covered in that soft rubber. So the Ranger stick had it at the end so that you didn't stab your brother or sister with it. <laughs> yeah. But the nunchucks had it, which makes sense because I was swinging them shits around pretty heavily. <laughs> um, yeah. The axe blade was that soft plastic. Again, makes sense because I was trying to bury that into dudes' heads. Yeah. The tonfas honestly didn't know what those were, so it didn't matter what they were made <laughs> of. Um, the sword always <laughs> had the soft rubber. Yeah. That's fucking funny. That's really funny. The, the taunts, I don't know what those were. Uh, that's But that's real true. That's real <laughs> true, though. Like, most kids don't... If you don't, rep, if you don't present it as a police baton, you don't know what it is. Yeah. You know? So, didn't know what the taunts were. So, yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. The shield yeah. had the entire edges of it were that soft rubber. So, I, I always knew thought... you were going to discus that at people. Well, that wasn't my thought. My thought was that that soft rubber represented something that could cut people. Mm. So I thought that that was like her blade. It was just a circle blade yeah. to where she could cut people like in a, any direction. Um, was, it, uh, was it called a sh- chakram? Yeah, like the Xena's chakram. Like the Xena. Xena's. <laughs> like the Xena. <laughs> Xena's chakram. <laughs> so Lu- the Zords Lu- are called. Lucy Lowlands. The Zords are called to help. And. Uh, the monster picks Adam up to kind of crush him. And to save him, Tommy drops down the defender wheel and trips the giant monster. 
And then we get a Megazord battle. And it's a dope fucking Megazord battle. Yeah. You get a you get a down shot where you see them mostly obscured by buildings but punching each other. That was really good. Really good. Tracking shot and across the cityscape. Yeah. And then a sword slash and death. And I thought, okay, well, let's just get to the end of the episode. I guess nothing's left. But still we, five more minutes of episode, we y'all. We still got five minutes. Yeah, we still got five fucking minutes left. What the hell is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Adam's still on the case of this mysterious piano man. Yeah. Who could it be? I guessed it super early in the show. But anyway, he comes into the music room. He yeah. sees the cloaked figure. They're playing, playing his his ominous classical music mm-hmm. he comes up behind him and he draws back the hood real fast. Like fan of the opera. You thought you're going to see pig, pig nose. You know, you thought you're going to see some uh, Lon Chaney Jr. shit going on, right? Yeah. Uh, Adam's expression reads of shock. We go back to the mass, to the hooded piano man and it is Skolovich. Yeah. He's playing the piano. And... Then we get some real drama cam shot and some real-ass dialogue. Yeah. And this episode, like, rapidly becomes one of my favorite episodes of all time. So, as the battle ended, I looked at Freddy and went, man, for a nothing episode, everything was good. Yeah. And then it turns into an everything episode. Yes. Because Skull... Starts expressing his feelings. They're like, how did you learn to play like that? And he goes, my mom put me in lessons when I was three, and now I practice every week with a guy at Symphony Hall. Yeah. So why did you have to write that note for yourself if you go every week? It's uh, The note, yeah, the note's one nitpick thing is because who was that note for? Who wrote that note? That why was, did you put it in the piano? Why did you put it in the piano? Like, maybe that was like a secret kind of I don't know. I don't that was for a correspondent or something. I have no idea. It didn't make any sense. It was strictly there for maybe Adam he, to progress the case, you Maybe know? he played with the piano lid open so that if somebody walked by outside they wouldn't see him playing. Mm. Maybe. maybe that's kind of the maybe. only thing I can think of. But anyway, that aside, that aside, that aside. This is fucking awesome. As I when I said that this felt like a season 1 episode just done right, this right here makes it feel like a different fucking show. Like, this is, I'll say this is the first. This is like the true, um, before I go any further, like we've had, we've had episodes with characters going into like their pathos and stuff like that and going into their arcs. And we, and it's been done well and it's done pretty emotionally driven at times too. I would say this is the most competent, uh, competently uh, done example of that. And this kind of ascends, it ascends the series, like, at this point. Yeah. I feel like this is our first time where we get, like, a real kind of just human drama uh, out of Power Rangers. Like, because Skull goes on to say that he, he, no one knows about this because he doesn't want to get, he, like, he... He keeps us a secret. And Adam asks, like, why, man? You should be proud of this. And he's like, I don't want to be laughed at. And we already said, Jason Narvey and Paul Schreier, best fucking actors they got. Yeah. God 
damn it, if he doesn't deliver this line that wrenched at me when he says, I don't want to be laughed at. He says, I don't want to be laughed at. And he's like, no one will laugh at you because it's incredible. He goes, no, liking classical music is dumb. And he goes, I don't want Bulk to laugh at me. Bulk will make fun of me. Yeah, and Adam says to him, if he's your friend, he'll just be proud of you. And I was saying, I was like, oh, don't be don't be worried, sweet little baby boy. That's platonic love right there. Yeah. That's your soulmate. That's your platonic soulmate. You shouldn't worry about that. And Adam says, what, you know, better than I could. He's like, if he's your friend, you know, he'll be proud of you. Yeah. The next scene we get is the, what was this, the talent Cla- show? This what was, the fuck was this? This was just a classical music recital. From okay. the school where the advanced students were going to play. Yeah, Classic Hams comes up, fucks up what he's trying to say. Well, he when he reads it, he goes, Eugene, Sc- Eugene Skulovich. Yeah. Like, this guy just entered his class. And then the door, o- the curtains open. <laughs> the fabric door. <laughs> the <laughs> blanket door. The blanket doors. <laughs> the curtains open. <laughs> and... We, we have a grand piano. <laughs> dramatically, carrying a candelabra dressed like Mozart. Mozart. Yeah. Apparently, specifically Mozart from the movie Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, subtitles. <laughs> uh, and he sits down. And everyone's kind of chuckling at him like, oh, it's great. It's Skull. And he starts kind of plinking at the keys. and People you know, are just, laughing. Yeah, a little bit of chuckling going on because he's like, the erratically plinking at the keys, one, and like one of them's off. No, one thing is is that when they announce Skull, everyone's like, "What? Yeah. No!" And Adam just starts, right, right. No, oh yeah, can't forget that. Adam like initiates the clap because like, he's like, "No, it's Skull." Yeah, let's clap for him. Adam's a good brother. Like mm-hmm. he makes sure that Rocky doesn't choke on his own spit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's yeah. he's always looking out for Tanya. Yeah, he knows that Catherine and Tommy are tall, white, beautiful people yeah. that don't need any protection, so yeah. he leaves them alone. Yeah, he t- but it's it's very true. He makes sure Rocky doesn't die on a daily basis, <laughs> and Tanya is looked out for because hey, she's from the eighties and the savanna of Africa. Yeah, so she needs help. And he's been acclimating her to all this. Adam is the best brother. And when Skull comes out, breaking breaking expectations, you know, breaking, you know, assumptions and all that. And people are kind of like just shocked by this. He initiates that clap because he wants he wants he wants Skull to feel comfortable. He doesn't yeah. want Skull to doubt himself. Like I said, Skull starts playing the keys and people are kind of like still like, like, as you said, kind of like laughing a little bit because he's plinking at the keys and one of them's off note, but then it's all just part of it as he goes into this fucking, this piece. You know? He plays this incredible, like, Mozart piece. Yeah. And we get shots of people in the crowd. Rocky's got this look on his face like, like, Billboards. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he, got some Frank, got, yeah. He's, he's got this Frankenbeans look on his face. Yeah. Catherine's got to reel him in, you know. She's like, that's my boy, Skull. Yeah. I love that man. <laughs> He's the only one that ever saw me turn from cat to cat. Yeah. Uh, Bulk Tom- comes in. Is pretty- Tommy says, I didn't know he had it. He's the best one here. Yeah. Bulk uh, comes into the audience with a big thing of popcorn because they are in uh, the juice bar, by yeah. the way. So that's on tap. Uh, he comes in, st- like, 
walks into the middle of his row, stands. Who's the dweeb playing up there? Yeah, he's facing the other way. It's, the spotlight's on him. And they're t- shushing him, telling him to sit down. He sits down, and he's kind of like nudging at him, like, yo, can you believe this? And he looks, and there he is. It's Skull playing. And you see, you see this range of emotions over Bulk's face of shock of what is my friend doing Yeah. to, oh, my God, my friend's incredible. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, I moved. And, like, tears came into my eyes for a second because I yeah. was like, I was like, that is a moment for Bulk where, like, just a slight facial change, like, was a complete emotional shift in the character. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's beautiful. That's, uh-huh, exactly. Well, I was saying, Jason Harvey, Paul Schreier, best fucking actors on the show. Both of them did an incredible job in this episode. Right here with Bulk. The range of emotions you're talking about fucking captivating you with no dialogue at all. Just everything reading through eyes, through facial expression, as he sees his friend and he sees the beauty of his friend's talents. And he he comes up on the stage when Skull finishes and it's not even like... It's super fucking genuine. There's no bullshit feigned like kind of uh uh there's no bullshit kind of like what am i what is the term i'm thinking of kind of like uh uh feigned encouragement or stuff like that like he comes up to skull and he straight up says to him he's like i didn't know you can do this you know you that's incredible man and he's like i I thought you said all classical you know classical music's all for for dorks or whatever and he's all i I said that he's all well he apologizes. Yeah. He doesn't fucking say, I never said that. He doesn't do any bullshit, you know, toxic masculinity kind of shit. He just says, oh, I'm sorry, man. And I was he like, goes, You're... I didn't know. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And, like, everyone claps for Skull, and Skull has a thumbs up, and Bulk puts his arm on him, and he gives a thumbs up, too, and it's like, fuck yeah. That's how that episode ends. That's an episode, baby. That's a That's a top episode for me. And we'll get on to the next one right after this. Mean Scream, which aired May 8th, 1996, written by Ron Milbauer and Terry Hughes, directed by Vicky Brana. I'm sorry for going right to the next one without doing a thing. We were just at 45 minutes. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. The third episode, I don't think we're going to talk much about anyway, or in great detail. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really pay attention. I was it's, busy. It's, it's okay. But this episode, hey, do you love... The 90s perception of the internet? Yeah. Like I do? You're in for a good time. Because Tanya and Adam have joined a computer club, and they're getting introduced to the internet by every IT nerd. (laughs) (laughs) This guy looks super, super familiar. Yeah, he looks like a puffier version of Claudio Sanchez. He looks like... Claudio Sanchez, if his name was Claudio Leonaggio. Oh my God, he definitely <laughs> looks like he's got some nausea in him. <laughs> he looks of the clan, doesn't he? Yeah. He, the, the Hobbitses. <laughs> he looks of it, man. If I'm not, I would have to look at the timeline. I have to do some IMDb because, of course, I didn't in between. But, like, he looks like, and this would be. You know, he looks oh, like he's a Najbra. <laughs> he does look like a Najbra, but as far as like the actual actor, he looks like the 
he looks like the kid that was in the one of my favorite episodes of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. Mm-hmm. There's a kid there who's a big comic nerd, and he's an artist and stuff like that. And it's, it's a good episode. He looks like that kid, but I don't know the timeline here. This is 96? Yeah. I don't know. Like, a lot can happen to a kid in three years, especially if they're 13. Yeah. 13 jump. to 16 is a big jump. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. He, or maybe he's related or something like that. I'd like to look into it on my own time, but I'm taking up your time right now. So we'll just say he looks like a Leonaggio. If you know what that is. <laughs> if you know what that is, you'll have yourself a good <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> um, so Tanya sees a read me button. And he's like, yeah, you got to watch out for those because those could lead to And she clicks the thing. Goes, Computer virus. We get a thing that says your computer can get a bug in 30 seconds to where we get a quick coding thing where he writes yeah, everything he, he to jumps, a four-inch floppy. Yeah, he jumps onto his fucking, like, his uh, his IMB fucking ThinkPad, you know, and he starts, like, rattling away on there. And, yeah, loads up everything onto a floppy, comes back, pops it in, five seconds, four seconds, he's all, cross your fingers, fingers yet, yeah, stops at a two, goes back, to the, goes back to the desktop. He did it. He stopped it. Back, well, not back, but at the Machine Palace, they're like, what the fuck is the internet? Kids are, they're that scared of a computer virus? It, we need to make our own. I just really like, they they are kind of like, yeah, it, these things are like all connected. All the machines are connected via the fucking internet. Hive mind. Yeah. We're all King Mondo. Yeah, like, I was kind of blown away that they didn't think to do what they want to do in this episode. Yeah. To, to start with. We're, anyway, they're going to get a real good virus in there if they're so scared of that shit. So Tanya needs to leave because Tommy's going to teach her a new kata. But Adam found a martial arts chat room. And <laughs> he Adam up. found that chat room. And we had, a, we had a nice little fun chat about it. Because yeah. Adam's like a real martial artist about to get into that chat room with a bunch of neck beards that are like, the nunchaku that I have are blessed by Bruce Lee. Yeah. Which means that they have ex- they have plus nine fighting skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, since it's 96, they're arguing about the effectiveness of, like, BJJ, you know, versus... Uh, judo. Oh, yeah, judo or something <laughs> like that. A lot of talks about, like, Royce Gracie. Uh, a lot of talks about Dan Severin, Ken Shamrock, you know. I was talking about Ken Shamrock, but because Ken Shamrock, chemo. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, same man, but yeah. yeah. She's debuting in Impact. What? Oh, I didn't know that. No, (laughs) I no didn't know that. Yeah, but that's a night chat room, nineteen ninety six. Well, actually, just today even. But yeah, it's probably. It's probably a bunch of, um, we'll call them armchair enthusiasts. Yeah. yeah. So Mondo sends down his monster. Rocky means... is flabbergasted by the picture box, though. So. Yeah, he he's like, whoa, all the that whole thing knows karate? I should fight it. <laughs> that box knows karate and can talk about it? I'm going to fight that box. I think Kat was on like retainer duty this week because she's always been next to Rocky. In these episodes? Yeah. Well, pink and blue go very well together as a color scheme. <laughs> they do. And it's like, just watch Rocky. <laughs> yeah. This is you, this week's your week. 
You they drew straws. So we get introduced to the monster which Clank and Orbis show up with, and we have seen this monster in O Ranger before. Yeah, yeah. He is the one we talked about last week, where he can come through TVs and all of that, and he analyzes all of the O Ranger stuff. Yeah, and. This was a good monster to use because there is a lot of... No, actually, this one doesn't have that much whoa stuff. No, but this they... This one's all o it's another stuff. They... There's a lot they, they can't use, but they st- it's another one of those situations where they follow the plot pretty closely, which is this monster's going to infiltrate the command center's systems yeah. and prevent... The Zeozords from combining. Yeah, like like instead it, of just being a hacker. Yeah, he's a computer virus. Yeah, so he does the whole thing where he hacks an ATM and just shoots a bunch of money out. Bulk and Skull get the honor of being traffic cops. The boys get their short white boys, which are their <laughs> short white gloves. Those really nice traffic guard gloves that are like sheer material and and barely. Barely touch your wrists when you pull them on, and they and they also got their whistles. And they I already said, got their white wispy scarves. Yeah, well, which, those they got with the motorcycle. They, those they got with the motorcycle, but they look fabulous with the gloves. Now, while we were watching this years ago, from uh, Henshin Vault, J.C. Alicantra, he was in contact with the person that made Sentai gloves in Japan. And I happened to get a pair of short white Deca Ranger gloves. And I said, yeah, I actually know exactly how they feel because I remember the first time I put these Deca Ranger gloves on, how powerful I felt. And then I put them on in front of Freddy and I started pointing at things. And he's like, yeah, you could command some real strength just wearing those short white boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, and we're talking about like how, how the it's mostly coming in the length of the gloves. Yeah. Because if they were longer... You it it has like oh, this man you know dresses the same way he wanted to dress when he was five. Yes. Whereas this man wearing these short white gloves is someone who carries a great deal of sway. It's it means business because there's no length to fool around with. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of the strength is in the shortness of the gloves. Yeah. <laughs> there's a direct. Uh, if you're wearing long gloves, there's three things that you can be. Crazy. Yes. Elegant. Or washing dishes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's long boys. Yeah. Short boys, you're either directing traffic or instigating a duel. Yeah. That's it. And either way, it's like, no, you drive your... I'm a man telling your... One ton machine, yeah. where to go? Yeah, you command the scene. Or, I'm willing to stand across from you and fire one bullet, and whoever dies, dies. Yeah. That is. Those are the two <laughs> instances of short boys yeah. that make the most sense to me. There's a direct correlation between the, like, the um, respect. Expected? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a direct correlation there with the length of the white glove. Like, the longer you get, the more room for shenanigans. Now, this is specifically white gloves. Yeah. Like, 
If you have long black gloves, you... That's elegance. Yeah, yeah. That's elegance. You also may be a mad fucking scientist, which is also something that still commands just like... I think long gray gloves, like all of those are mad scientist-y. Yeah. But short white gloves command power, and that's where I'm leaving it. It's <laughs> it's crazy. The color does change a lot. Because if, if you had long gloves and they were purple, it's, it's such a wild contrast because... One, you're dishwashing, cleaning, whatever, like you said. Or your debut Undertaker. Yeah. Or, or, there's a third. You're in a music video wearing a hoodie that also looks like a Jamaican flag, but you're wearing long purple gloves. <laughs> and at some point, you do a spin on your head. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the purple... Purple Lawn Boys are definitely the wildest of the bunch, I guess. Yeah. For, for like, what you could hit. <laughs> Orange ones? Get out of here. You're washing dishes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yellow yeah. ones? Get out of here. Yeah. Yellow. The gunk. Closing the door on you. Yeah. So, they're learning the internet. And another bug comes into the system. And this one is Mean Screen, the hacker. So they don't know how to get it out of there. So what do they do? They just hard unplug all four computers from yeah, the ground. He says, we got to disconnect these. And Adam dives under the fucking table and yanks that power strip out. <laughs> the worst way to power down those computers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but pink, blue, and green all go outside because they see some cogs escaping from a rip in time. And they do a nice little Zeo Ranger cog battle outside. Meanwhile, red Big and bang. yellow, they are playing Big Bang. Yeah. Red and yellow go into the warehouse where all of the computer data for Angel Grove is kept. And we get the, the O-Ranger footage where they walk by a TV and they see Mean Screen come through and punch them. Um, after, after the... Rangers beat the cogs. They teleport to the warehouse, and we start to get the O-Ranger footage where none of the weapons are working because the virus has infiltrated all of their weapons. Alpha is freaking out that the virus is getting into the power chamber. There's nothing they can do. The Zords are inactive. Everything. The Rangers are running. And then we get that cool scene where all of the Rangers have to jump out of the window because of the terrible explosion. Yeah. And they use the combiner gun to fire, but it has no effect. Yeah, this is interesting because... So, I like that they use the the uh, element of Billy being gone. Like, they, they utilize that, that kind of, like, chink in the armor yeah. for the Rangers. Because that's their biggest like, asset. William would be able to take care of this. Yeah, no problem. In a fucking heartbeat. Since he is gone, <laughs> Alpha is just kind of shitting himself, uh, hobbling back and forth in the command center and kind of saying, like, oh, they get into the Zeozords. We can't make the Zeo Megazord anymore. And I, 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 I don't know what to do. And, Have and, you ever watched and, The Good Place? No. Uh, in The Good Place, there's a robot in it named Janet. And because she's a heaven bot, she has all of the information of everything going on in the world. I always assumed that Alpha was connected to the internet and had all information at all times. 
not just what Zordon programmed him with 10,000 years ago. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, Zordon programmed him with a little bit of info and said, yeah, updates come every once in a while. I rarely update them. It's like somebody well, that got a TomTom when those came I, out. <laughs> I think, like, plans kind of change when he got a Billy. Yeah. When he got a Billy, when he pulled in the five teenagers, and one of them was Billy, I think he was like, oh, shit. Like, this... Alpha we're doesn't good. need updates Yeah, anymore. we're like, oh, fuck that little guy. He made a fucking flying car. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, he, like, I think he was pretty, like, I think Zordon rested on his laurels. And now he has an alpha that's, like, seven, like, updates behind. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's really fucking struggling. He's already thinking, it's like, uh, he's already thinking, it's like, I can't wait for this one to die. <laughs> so, Tommy they, goes, I'm going to drop the defender wheel. Yeah, they, he drops it, beats Mean Screen. So, Mean Screen just pops back up though. This is very interesting departure from O Ranger. Like he dies, but he pops back up, and there's like this line added saying he says, "Good thing he made had a, a backup. He made a backup of himself, which is clever and cute." But in O Ranger, this just drops him, and then they come and do the you know gig- gigantism shit with him. Yeah, like normal. Then this like so. But in this one, they just do, they still just do the gigantism. So I wonder why it was done this way. There's no narrative reason, like in O-Ranger, that would prevent them from doing the same thing in Power Rangers. I think it's because they needed a reason to cut back to American footage. Mm. Because they cut back to American footage where... Adam looks at the Rangers and goes, I know the Zords don't work, but I have a plan. Yeah. And he teleports back to the school where he sees the computer nerd, and he says, hey. And the guy's like, holy shit, a Power Ranger. He's like, heard you're real good with computers. Hold on, though. When he turns, and it's the green Zeo Ranger, we hear the shrill, like, Zeo. Yeah, Zeo call. And he he kind of, like, he he kind of reacts to it. So... I, I asked you, I was like, do, do, do we hear that? Like, do... Uh, that like, has to be the sound of teleportation now, that when yeah. you teleport in Z... Is that the sound of, like, just the latent power coming off them? This, like, shrill <laughs> chorus? You know, like, that's... I'm, I'm just curious, because it seemed like that wasn't just, you know, a, a musical sting or anything. That seemed like that was actually happening within the world. It, it might be. But he uh, gets... A uh, a floppy, <laughs> and he brings it to the power chamber, which fixes the Zords, and now they're able to go to battle. Uh, <laughs> really, kind of, kind of um, uh, hammering home Rocky's uh, power of the pyramid, power of the pyramid, and the deficiencies of the of the boy. Well, he's all I know how to stop a computer, <laughs> and he just. Uses the pyramid head to lift it up and drop it <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> until it until it breaks the monitor. Yeah, and then they kill him with the Zeo slash. Uh, Bulk and Skull are at the spot they thought they were told to be to direct traffic. Yeah, when, when but there's no cars, not a car to be seen. There's when just a, a dead end. Yeah, the, yeah. The, 
when a car finally approaches, like, all right, here we go. And they both get their whistles ready and they're ready to point with their nice gloved hands. Lieutenant Stone steps out and he's all, where the fuck were you? I had to be basically airlifted out of that shit to get to get to here. Yeah. Why weren't you guys there? And, you know, I guess we showed up the wrong spots. Or he's like, I hate to do this. Turn them in. Thinking he's like referring to badges. Uh-uh. Talking about them short white boys. They had to pull them off. There's like the somber music playing, and it's good gag. Good gag. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're all thanking Adam for getting that floppy, and they're like, Billy would have had it in a second. And he pops up and goes, did I hear my name? <laughs> yeah, he does. He comes on the hands on the handsome Tron. Yeah. <laughs> the only only real handsome boys pop up. The handsome, this, the handsome bubble spot. Yeah, like I'd never seen it before, but I guess... I guess it's just reserved for the real pretty ones. <laughs> and uh, because the equation solved all of their problems. The Civil War is complete. I can uh, come home. Humble as always. I'm sure he played a gigantic part. Mm. Yeah. But this is interesting from another kind of like uh, evolution in Power Rangers writing storytelling situation where the end of this bleeds and bleeds into the next episode to become the plot of it. Because Billy says he's coming home. We go to the Machine Empire, which says, oh, the brainy one's coming home, huh? Well, we're going to see that he fucking never gets there. And the next episode... Just the brainy one never gets there, which is a crazy way to end an episode for Power Rangers because they never end on... Yeah, unless it's a to-be-continued, they never do that. Yeah. The net episode never bleeds. There's never that kind of coherent storytelling going on it's like they're all like you know if it's not a multi-part if it's not a multi-parter it's all one encapsulated kind of thing you know with like things here and there crossing over but for the most part the episodes aren't one story to tell and well we'll get on to the next episode our final episode after this our final episode for today, Mr. Billy's Wild Ride, which aired May 11th, 1996, written by Al Winchell, directed by Douglas Sloan. This one picks up the next day at school where I don't know what's happening. Oh. <laughs> so since, like, as we were talking about how it, like, bleeds into the next, this also does, like, it's it's crazy. This is um, true, uh, what's the term, Serial, serialization? Yeah. But it's kind of crazy because it's going between different writers. From the past in Power Rangers, the only way we would see a story continued is if the same people were tackling the episode the next week. So, So, Bulk and Skull have to go through special training because they suck so much. They have to take a course in orientating to find their way home because they went to the wrong yeah, spot. Yeah, that, that just fucking happened. So it's like, oh wow, this is one living, breathing world. Yeah. Like, so they have they have their silly safari gear on and they have a compass and they're going to learn to pathfind. Yeah, they're going to get dropped off in the middle of the woods, naked and afraid style, and not just survive for 30 days, they've just got to make their way home. Yes. So at the command center, Billy's also trying to make his way home in his special ship. And uh, we get Tommy and Catherine tracking him via space radar, and we also get Mondo tracking him via machine cog, radar. Cog video. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Billy kind of makes his 
his approach, and he's like, I just can't wait to get to Earth. The first thing I want is one of Ernie's smoothies. I even miss Bulk and Skull. Like, yeah. You can tell I've been away from Earth way too long. Yeah, I hope Ernie's still making those sweet tart smoothies. Yeah. I don't know how long I've been gone. Is Ernie still serving a gallon of ice cream with every cheeseburger? Is <laughs> it one free gallon? Yeah. I could really... I could really go for one of Ernie's famous heart-stopping salads right now. Mm. You know how long it's been since I've had a hot dog with whipped cream. <laughs> um, yeah, and he says it's it's kind of it's kind of drafty or kind of cold in in this uh, in this uh, shuttle. It's kind of cold in this metal box. Yeah. Out in the the wilds, the wilds of Pasadena, <laughs> <laughs> Bulk and Skull. <laughs> Are going through their supplies that they brought, like a bowling ball There's a really, and an electric uh, yeah, can opener. He has this, Skull has this huge rucksack, and I found this funny as shit. Not for, like, the gag of, like, pulling out random stuff, uh, but more so, so, like, Skull, or Bulk wants to op- open this can, or, like, this uh, canned food item. So you got a can opener? So, yeah, certainly. He pulls it out, tosses to it, tosses, uh, tosses it to Bulk. Bulk, like... Holds it up and he examines it and is like, there's a cord to it. He's like, what are we supposed to fucking do with this? And Skull takes it back. He also pulls out, like, oh, a tennis racket. He's like, what am I, what am I going to do with that? And that he tosses to the side. But when he takes the can opener back, he runs the cord inside of it. And yeah. he says, try it now. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Does he have a power source in there? I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a real Barney bag, bag of holding situation so the machine empire has decided to blast billy off course because they know that he's pretty much out of fuel and that he's basically coasting on uh kinetic energy so he gets knocked and he's going into the sun (laughs) the rangers are trying to find a way to Blast Billy back, but they don't have the fuel to blast a photon blast. Well, well, they're they're going to use a tractor beam. Yeah, they're going to use a tractor beam to correct, uh, to course correct Billy. Uh, when they do that, though, Mondo uses his photon ray to shoot their radar array. Yeah, which fucking like the the power feedback is so severe that it kind of disables the command center while simultaneously careening Billy even further off course, and this time into the fucking sun. Yeah. Uh, so now the stakes are they got to fix the radar dish, but they can't get up there, like, via teleportation. And they have to get a fuel cell. And they have to get a fuel cell. Which Billy says that he stored them at the university's warehouse. Yeah. So we're going to go get that fuel cell. We're going to fight our chomp boy. Yeah. As we know him from O-Ranger. So, yeah, they get into a... A fight with Barachomper, <laughs> which I don't know his actual name, but... Mechanizer. Something like that. He had, He's basically just an angry mouth that comes after people. Now, there wasn't much they could do with this footage, because most of this footage was a man and his son and Goro saving his son. Not his son, but the chomp, chomp's well, son. We're all Goro's son. Yeah, I feel like I'm Goro's son every <laughs> once in a while. But there wasn't much they could do with this footage, so they did what they could. They just had a little fight in a warehouse, which ended up having footage of 
the Rangers getting a fuel cell. Yes. The whole warehouse exploding. We don't know if Tommy made it out in time with the fuel cell. But he did. He did. Of course he did. He comes down in a hero landing holding the fuel cell. Now it, it's only a matter of fixing that dish to get the to get the uh, tractor beam back online to get to pull uh, Billy back on course. Yeah. So Tommy volunteers to go up there. Yeah, and he puts the fuel into the box <laughs> yeah. next to the the satellite array. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mondo's like, send the quadrifighters down to fucking get him. So the fuck that guy. The octo ships are just firing on Tommy, and they knock him off a mountain. Yeah. And I think that this might be some peak Tommy right here. It is. You know, like it's it's minimal dialogue, but it's like good hero shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with Tommy physically. Yeah, I think. His voice kind of is what drives me crazy. <laughs> I think him being whiny. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. He he has um season three, season two, season one of Mighty Morphin uh, obviously has made the PP boys a little uh impatient. Has made the PP a little sour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> made the PP a little sour towards our Mr. Tommy Oliver. But Tommy doing physical hero shit and just being selfless this way, like this was, this was a good Tommy moment. Yeah. Because even with the quadrifighters coming down on him, he's able to pull himself back up to the rock base, run up to the satellite array while the others are looking on from the helplessness of the command center, and he's able to get it back online just in time to bring Billy out of the fucking sun's orbit. Yeah. And Billy's starting to sweat and see smoke inside of his control yeah. array. He's like, I know I said it was cold, but this is ridiculous. You know, yeah. Man, that kind of shit. <laughs> so they get everything set up, and they're like, if you don't get Billy within the next 10 seconds, he's dead. Yeah. And there are these long shots of Catherine kind of looking at Tommy longingly, and I kind of can't tell if they're worry or sexual. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if they're if they're b- boner looks, yeah, because my thought on it is that like she does love Tommy. Yeah, she's loved them since day one. She's been like, no, that's a man that I need. This is what I came to America for. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, and have you seen his hair? But he mean like he's still with Kimberly technically. Yeah, until the Dear John letter episode. Yeah. But, they, like, I can't tell if it's, like, worried about her fellow ranger, worried about her leader, or worried about that ass. Horned. Yeah. Horned up. Regardless. He gets it, but they're not, they're uncertain if they got it in time. He's, with the power back on, he's able to be teleported back into the command center. Yeah. And when he teleports into the command center, they bring up the feed to Billy, and it's all static. It's yeah. super worrisome. But thankfully, they find a signal, and Billy's there. He a bit sweaty, but he's there. I need to know why they can't grab him. Because they were able to grab the Aquitians from Aquitar and teleport them. Why can't they grab Billy? Maybe it's a morphing grid thing. 
Maybe their attachment to the morphing grid allowed them to be teleported, and maybe. since Billy's no longer attached to the grid. Yeah, maybe they're, like, Billy did a complete, like, severance, uh, a severing of himself from the morphing grid. I don't... That's how I would kayfabe it. I would think that it has something to do with the morphing grid and Billy no longer being attached to it. Hmm. Or at least he's in, in this like state, he is, tether, is tethered to it. Because I don't think anyone truly leaves the morphing grid. Like you're, Well, well his... Technically, Billy was never a part of it. Hear me out. His coin was destroyed in the past before he got connected. Oh, shit, Dan. Just blew this case wide open. <laughs> I mean, that's exact. Well, so oh. while time can only happen once, and the Power Rangers yeah. happened, and Billy was a Power Ranger at that time, that Billy left the timeline, and this Billy replaced him, and this Billy was never attacked. touched by the Morphin Grid. Yes. Yeah. Mm, and that's why they can't grab him. He's got, he's got no latent Morphin Grid. Blew it open. Blew it wide open. No latent morphing grid energy on him whatsoever. Yeah. So that's why he got to do all this manually with this big, beautiful brain and his big, beautiful shoulders. And his chiseled jaw. <laughs> but Mondo is freaking out that Billy is getting back there. And they're like, fire again. They're like, we don't have any more fuel either. And he's like, reload the cell. And he's like, where are we going to get that? <laughs> they all just blew up down on Earth. Yeah. Tommy says that he's buying smoothies for everyone, yeah, and we go to the it, juice bar you and just drink know cups what a, of soda. You want, also, you want to know what er, er, a smoothie by Ernie is? It is just icy. It's just, uh, it's just icy liquid. It's it's it's, it's syrup. slurpy syrup. Yeah, <laughs> it's a smoothie. It goes down so smooth. Yeah, you don't sleep for days after you drink this. <laughs> just concentrated black cherry icy syrup. Bulk and Skull make it back to the juice bar, and yeah. Lieutenant Stone's like, record time, guys. You did great. And then the cabbie that drove him up there is like, one of you guys got to pay. It's like, oh, you took a cab? Oh, you took a fucking yeah. cab? <laughs> oh, you sons of bitches. Yeah. And, and everyone has a laugh. Yeah, and that is the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, fine, 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 fine. We get William back. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I'm excited to have William back because Power Rangers is just kind of happening while yeah. while William's gone. Yeah, and then Power Rangers are innovating while William's around. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the episode. Uh, what what was that? Would that be twelve? That was twelve through fourteen. Yeah. So episode twelve. Is a hell of an episode. It's everything of this block. The next two yeah. are just, they're good episodes. We get a, incredible fights. Yeah. Uh, but O-Ranger's choreography, like we said, is unmatched. Yeah. And then we get William back in the fold, which is good. Yeah, the last episode, despite being uh, the most important from a narrative standpoint, yeah. like held me to least, but that's not to say it was a bad episode by any means. It was perfectly fine. Um, but like, yeah, the first episode in this blog we talked about is true, like good, 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 uh, good acting. It's just good drama, good, like good writing. I don't know. It's, it's, 
it's the best uh, thing Power Rangers has ever put out on that level. It's on, more on, than you. It's more than you'd ever expect from the show. Yeah, it really was. Like, go and watch that scene. Like, you don't have to watch any of the fucking monster shit. Any of the Power Rangers. You should though. You it's should. Good. You should. It's really good. It's really good. But like I'm saying, you could watch that like on its own, just as a daytime kind of like teen drama sort they of thing. Put or, that in Degrassi. Yeah, like and it would have fit. Yeah. Wheelchair Jimmy would have been perfect for that. <laughs> it would, but like it, it was good. It was really good. Like you said, something you would never expect, and it was our first glimpse of Power Rangers as a a Power Rangers as a delivery for emotion, emotion and drama and pathos and all that. That was our first glimpse of Power Rangers that we know. As Power Rangers progresses as a series, will do. You know, like we'll fucking get you and surprise the shit out of you. Yeah, like, but that was our. I think that was the first, first our first glimpse at what Power Rangers will become, or yeah. what Power Rangers will be capable of. I guess that's the best way to put it. I'm just so happy Billy didn't go into the sun. Yeah, or get just close enough to the sun where he bursts into flames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank so. No, the hunk is back. Billy Boulder shoulders, welcome home, baby. Yeah. We missed you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show. We bring you new episodes every Monday and Thursday on your favorite podcatcher. And Fridays on Patreon.com, where for as little as $5, you can get our entire VR Trooper series, everything that's out for Big Bad Beetle Borks, because I don't know when you're listening. And you get our undying love. Okay, for $5 a month, you get our undying love. Just like James Wallace has for being a patron and always reaching out when he sees something wrong in the show. Yeah, no, for real, that's appreciated. Yeah, we love it. We love you. Yeah. So keep it up, James. Write us letters at our email, powerplaythrough at gmail.com. Get us on Twitter and Instagram, P playthrough on the Twitter, Power Playthrough on Instagram. Follow Rainer, who gave us a great theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Power Playthrough. <laughs> if you want to get yourself a digital download of that, head over to rainer.bandcam.com where you can get lots of merch and other albums. Yeah. And maybe you can get Danny's Undying Love. Mm. Yeah, maybe you can Which get. Which is a treasure. Yeah. If you see Rainer's show and you cosplay as Dave. Yeah. <laughs> we know that you're a PP crew. Yeah. Always cosplay Dave. He only wears yellow. Yeah. Yellow's favorite boy. Yep. <laughs> Man, is that why you like Yellow Rangers? Because he's your favorite yellow boy? <laughs> I'm just, that's Yellow's favorite boy. Yeah. The color Yellow's favorite person is Dave. That's, uh, can't dispute that. Uh, uh, but he's also extremely charming and nice fella and handsome and handsome yes thank you so much for listening <laughs> to our show we love you so much and may the power protect you
just, <laughs> just cr crushing on boys.